We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. The Monster of the Andes, a nickname that no one wants to pick up. Having grown up in poverty, spent a childhood surrounded by abuse and never knowing an adult he could truly trust, it was little wonder that Lopez's mind became unhinged. But no one could have predicted the extent of the damage that he could inflict upon women and young girls that eventually entered into triple digits. The worst part is that he's still somewhere. Join us as we tell the story of Colombia's most dangerous killer. Hello fellow weirdos, I am Amy and I'm Dom, who is slowly putting down a cup of tea, well done, Um, (laughs) (laughs) and welcome to this week's episode of Horror House. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to our little podcast. We don't say enough, but we really do appreciate each and every single one of you. Thank you for taking time to listen and to support us. Dom, how are you doing? How's your day been? I am very well, thank you. I not gonna lie i've spent most of the day getting in multiple power nap it's been grand nice. um i even i even learned a new fact today i'll get it up on my phone and Whoa. i'm gonna quickly give some some little factoid uh which i think is a very interesting one so this is episode i should know how many episodes we've done by this point so that wasn't the fact that you learned <laughs> 55 no it wasn't <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're on 55 at this point. Um, I think it and, is 55, yeah. Yeah. I was interested in seeing how many podcasts, how many episodes the average podcast will sort of get to or last or how many episodes they'll do before they'll stop. And I found some figures. Mm-hmm. 12% of podcasts have only published a single episode. 6% have made it, wow. haven't made it past two episodes. And half of all podcasts have 14 or fewer episodes. So sometimes I think that we, like 54 episodes isn't that much when you compare it to podcasts that are in the 100s or the 200s or the 300s. But sort of seeing that made me think, you know what? We've actually done quite a lot of Horror House at this point, considering half of all podcasts don't go beyond episode 14. So... I thought that was a little interesting little tidbit I found out today and it made me it is. think, you know what? We're not actually that much of a baby podcast after all. We're doing all right. <laughs> no, I mean, we're still at the point where you've done more episodes without me than you have with, but I am catching up. You are. I mean, because I started on done... episode 33 and we're now on 55. Okay. Yeah. Jesus. Have we really done that many episodes together? I say We've that done like that many a... episodes together. <laughs> I say that like it's been a frightful experience. <laughs> uh, oh my, wow. no wonder I'm so traumatized. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there's been some there's been some collabs in there. There's been some times where I've not, yeah. um, you know, been involved. But the majority of those, I think, we've done together. And I wow. think once we get to 67, I want to do like a little celebration because that will be the point where we've done more with me than we have without. And that's exciting for me. 
that is true that is true um and also we are inching closer and closer and closer to episode 69 oh yeah <laughs> We're going to have to pick something so good for that. I'm going to be 10 times worse than I normally am when that episode comes around. Like I'm I'm making sexual innuendos left, right and center on a bog standard 30 minute episode. So when we get to episode 69, what do you think I'm going to be like? It's going to be like the most normal true crime case. And it's just going to be an hour and a half of, of sexual shit. <laughs> it's basically just going to be like a porno soundtrack and that'll be it that's when that's when we finally have my dad wrote a porno come on the show episode 69 that's when it will happen oh, oh can you imagine that's where we reveal the jurex sponsor <laughs> absolutely we finally got him <laughs> on episode 69 do you know what i reckon we should pitch it we should call jurex mr jurex marketing we should man, call which i believe jurex. is his official title um and say to him look You've got dibs on sponsoring our 69th episode. You know you want it. So <laughs> even they, I can't even help it. They just come out my mouth. Yeah, let me. Um, I've got Mr. Durex on speed dial. Let me just um, give Mr. Him a Durex quick marketing man. Life. That's specifically who we need. <laughs> also, before I forget, there is a lovely little podcast, and they very kindly sent us some stickers. So I just want to give a big thank you to the West London Witch for sending us some very lovely little stickers. Um, the wax seal on the envelope was chef's kiss. I love a good wax seal. And it had a little ident in it as well, which I was which I was very happy with. But yes, thank you for that. That was very kind, very kind. And we will return with some stickers um, that we will send you out. So I just wanted to give them a big thank you as well. Super cute. Thank you so much. And thank you for using my full name on the envelope because I don't yes. get to see that through. That was <laughs> got full named yeah i've been called out <laughs> um cool so um before we get going on this sort of butt munch of a human being shall we talk a little bit about the ways that you can support us i thought i would go back to talking about buy me a coffee this week oh wow okay. i miss it i miss okay. it so much i really do okay. um you know you know it's my baby you know how passionate i feel about coffee particularly when other people have bought it for me so there there is a buy me a coffee link um please use it click it give us a little bit of money whether that be one coffee's worth two coffee's worth three coffee's worth 600 coffee's worth that is excessive that would be quite a lot of money money. (laughs) i don't know what i would do if if someone did that i honestly don't know how i'd react i think maybe i would i don't know i don't know maybe i'd streak i'm not sure what the appropriate response is to that um (laughs) I don't even know where I'd street. We're literally a podcast. but I don't know. You know, I'd do something <laughs> and I'd be very grateful. But it would buy us a lot of coffee, um, but it's a great way to show you support us, to give us that little bit of financial help to help us keep doing what we're doing. Because we love doing it. Um, yes. Hopefully, because you're here, you yeah. love it too. I want to hear more of it. So feel free to use it. Um, the link is in the bio. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. I think it's basically everywhere, to be honest. So go ahead and use it. It would be lovely to hear from you. And you can leave us a little message as well, because that's always nice. We like getting messages. It's not a wax-sealed letter, but still nice because it comes with coffee. So That is true. Please. That is little, true. Have a little click. Send us a little coffee. Um, but that's not the only way people can support us, is it, Dom? Tell no. them about the other way. 
it is not. Um, so there is another way that you can support us. And you also get a little something in return. And that is through some Horror House merch. So if you need a new hoodie, I know that we are getting out of hoodie season, but it's still a bit chilly in the morning, still a bit chilly in the evenings. So if you want a new hoodie or your partner has stolen yours, um, then you can also get a new hoodie. You can get a new t-shirt. You can get a new beanie. You can get a new AirPod case. You can get a new tumbler. You can get a new mug. You can get many, many things with our logo on them. So it's a great way to support us. And it's also a great way to represent the show, to start a conversation with somebody who's like, man, that logo is fucking awesome on that hoodie. What's what's this all about? And then you can say all the good things about us. Um, and you can say that we're really funny and you must listen to Horror House. So yes, head to the website. Not like putting words into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no of course not um so head to the merch store it the link will be in the bio it'll be in the show notes and cop some merch and it's a way that you can support us while also getting something for yourself it's retail therapy at the end of the day and who doesn't love a bit of retail therapy no one no one doesn't love it that was a double negative that was confusing it's but yeah. i know what you mean. <laughs> I, I completely agree i i need a new hoodie because i I steal people's hoodies all the time. I steal friends' hoodies. I steal family's hoodies. But somehow I never have a hoodie. Outrageous. Tank, so, yeah, tank steals your one. <laughs> walks around in it. Do you know what? You say that he actually does. He's got a real thing about stealing the washing. Like I put the washing out and he just goes and nicks it. And I answered the door the other day um, to the Amazon delivery man. And he, he was very nice. He was like asking me, you know, what the package was and stuff like that. Like having a nice little chat. It was lovely. But then Tank mm-hmm. came running out of the living room to the front door with a pair of my pants in his mouth. And I was like, oh. <laughs> just, yeah. I was just like, okay, thanks. And just shut the door because I then had to chase the dog around the house because he had a thong in his mouth. It was just, oh, yeah. It was a, anyway, I don't know. This is a tangent. Anyway. Oh, what a rascal. Um, what a rascal. I know. The, the joys of having fair babies. Don, what do you know about Pedro Lopez, if anything? So I know of Pedro Lopez. Um, before we started recording, I, I said that I recognised the I recognised the photo, um, or I recognised the person in the photo. Mm-hmm. So I know of this person, but I don't know. I know virtually nothing about the case. I might have been outlining stuff, and I put on the Casual Criminalist, which is a video slash audio podcast that Simon Whistler does, and he covered Pedro Lopez, and I put it on as background noise, but. It turned out that I didn't actually pay much attention to it. Not a reflection on you, Simon. <laughs> You're an amazing host. Don't take that as a negative on you. I you really was are. just fantastic. Men can't do two things at once. So, so yes, I'm going into this still as blind as I would normally. Awesome. Well, here's hoping you listen to me slightly more than you did, Simon. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. See how it goes. Cool. In that case, let me tell you his story and explain to you why he really is just not a very nice man at all. a bit of a dip um but before i do it's time for some trigger warning oh yeah oh Cut yeah this, trigger warning. <laughs> this episode will contain descriptions of sexual assault rape child abuse child rape and obviously murder um you know i mean you would be here if we didn't have talk of murder but all that other stuff just be aware so um if any of that doesn't sound, I mean, none of it sounds appealing, that's the wrong word, but if it sounds like it's going to offend you or upset you in any way, 
shape or form, just just go away. Not forever, but yeah. you know, for now. <laughs> Do come we back. won't be offended. <laughs> you know, that's okay. You can come back, but just maybe give this one a myth. Yeah. Awesome. Are you ready, it... Dom? Let's dive in, shall we? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. And also, I'm going to apologize in advance because there will be multiple mispronunciations in this. There are loads of names of places that I have no idea how to say it. So brace yourself for that. And also, if at any point I accidentally call him Mario Lopez, I'm really sorry. Um, They're not the same person. Mario Lopez played AC Slater in Saved by the Bell and I was obsessed (laughs) with him as a kid. And it's really hard not to associate that name with him in my head. So if I say that, I'm really sorry, Mario Lopez. I, I'm not talking about you. Um, but Can you also, imagine? I love you. Please marry me. Mario just sees himself trending on Twitter. And he's just like, what's all this? And it's just because Horror House has called him a fucking murderer and has done all this stuff. <laughs> Killed 300 kids. <laughs> so what the fuck? He hasn't. He's lovely. He's a he delightful man. Pedro Lopez, either. however, not so much. Like, he still he looks, looks incredible. exactly the same. <laughs> it's madness. I know. Absolutely insane. He was a heartthrob then, he's a heartthrob now. What he isn't is a serial killer. No. And that's good. But not what we're here to talk about. So let's talk about Pedro Lopez, who is a serial killer. Um, <laughs> Pedro Alonso Lopez was born on the 8th of October, 1948, in Veladil. I hope that's how you pronounce it, Colombia. Um, he was one of 13 children born to a prostitute, which is a lot of kids. That's 14 whole kids. Um, when he was just eight years old, Pedro's mother caught him having sex with one of his younger sisters and what? being I'm so sorry it was so early in the episode I know and I'm already talking about incest sorry it should have mentioned another trigger warning incest that's in here as well um I was so I'm so sorry I'm so, so I normally I ease you in so gently and now today I'm just like nah fuck it I was like the second <laughs> sentence that started off I'm so pretty sorry late. I'd love to say it gets better but it doesn't that started off pretty normal. Like, okay, like you know, he was born this and, and he was the 13th child. I was like, okay, I've heard that before. And then immediately after, he also had sex with his sister at eight years old. I'm just, oh, I mean, that was. Oh. I'm not going to get too far into it, but logistically, like, I didn't know, even know it was possible for an eight-year-old to have sex. No. Well, I don't know. Not. Obviously, I'm, I'm not a boy, but I don't know what age you start getting, like, you know, the what age the equipment is prepared. You know Jesus what I'm saying? Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so sudden. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry. You, have you recovered? Do you want me to say the sentence again so it sinks in? No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Well, just in case you missed it, listeners. <laughs> just in case you missed it, when he was just eight years old, Pedro's mother caught him having sex with one of his younger sisters. Be- being a very horrible, domineering, and just generally uncaring woman, um, her response to catching him doing this was to throw him out of the house and onto the street of Tolima. Yes, having sex with your sister is bad, no matter what age you are, but throwing an eight-year-old out onto the street for it, it's... maybe not a proportionate response. No. There are other ways that she could have dealt with that. Throwing out an eight-year-old child is not the first avenue that I would go down of ways that yeah. that could have been dealt with. Um, I've noticed that it very much falls into two camps either the mother is probably a bit too caring or they don't Mm. care at all there is no middle ground yeah this isn't like ed gein at all where his mum was like a massive part of that story i'm literally gonna get maybe two more sentences about his mother and then she never appears again jesus it's very much the opposite end of the spectrum 
Um, So she threw him out. He's living on the streets, having no idea of what to do or really how to properly look after himself. Pedro just wandered the streets for days, eating out of garbage and stuff like that. Yeah. Thinking that he'd caught a break, Pedro entrusted an old man that he met on the street who asked him what had happened, um, you know, listened to his story, sympathized with him and offered him a bed in his house along with the promise of food. Sadly, that man was not genuine. Um, he actually took Pedro to an abandoned building where he sodomized him and forced him to fillet him. Oh. Yeah, not okay. not very wise trusting him. No. Um, yeah, I wasn't kidding about the trigger warnings. Stranger danger. Very early on, we're just yeah. diving in. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, God damn. Um, we've already covered incest, we've already covered sodomy, and we are literally at the very beginning of this case. Yeah, I've I've read three of the multiple sentences that I've prepared for this episode, so we're good. Buckle in, everyone. Hope you've uh, yeah. had your dinner. Start. Luckily, Pedro on. did exactly. Luckily, Pedro managed to escape the man. Um, but the experienced man that, shockingly enough, he was very reluctant to trust anyone else. He spent days, weeks sleeping in doorways, um, sleeping in empty market stalls, eating whatever he could steal, or eating out of other people's garbage, um, and just generally you know, trying to survive. Mm -hmm. Eventually, he was taken in by a very kind American family in Bottega, um, and he was allowed for a little while to grow up like a normal little boy. He went to school, um, they looked after him. But unfortunately, at this point, the damage had already been done. When Pedro was 12, he stole some money from his adoptive family and ran away, decided to give up that life for whatever reason. And he eventually said that this was because a teacher at school was sexually abusing him, although that was never proved. I think maybe he just used it as an excuse. But mm. yeah, he stole some money away, which is incredibly sad when you think about it, when you're so suspicious of adults that even when you do find a kind one, you still don't trust them enough to stay. Oh, absolutely. It ruins your nature. Having that happen to you at such an early age, yeah, it, it's... It, it's a shame. It's a big shame. Yeah. Probably quite horrible for the family as well. You know, they thought they'd found someone that they wanted to raise and look after and all of that. I don't know if they had other kids, but, you know, they thought they'd taken this person into their family to help him. And actually all that happened was he stole their money and did a runner. Not, um, not good. No. Sadly, um, that was not the end as Pedro's abuse or violence against him. Um, at the age of 18... He was arrested and imprisoned for stealing a car. Two days into his sentence, um, a group of four convicts cornered him and essentially beat the shit out of him, but sodomized him. Bleeding and in pain, Lopez didn't report the crime. Um, he was too embarrassed. He didn't want to go to the to the, the prison officers to tell them what had happened. And instead, he decided that he would just plot revenge, save himself the shame. He was going to, yeah. you know, get some payback. Yeah. Um, over the next two weeks, he <clears throat> managed to make a shiv and stab three out of the four men who had raped him. Um, yeah, for an 18-year-old, first time in prison, and literally two weeks in, well, less than three weeks in total, he's already killed three men. That's madness. And to, to even like be able to make a shiv you know, that quickly as well is also extremely impressive. Not good, but impressive. Yeah, I should have done more research on the shiz. I'm quite curious as to what he made it out of. No, that's a good question. Well, I, I can't imagine what he would have made a shiv out of, unless it was like 
I mean, sharpened toothbrush, Spat. is that still a thing? Is that still a thing in prison? I mean, maybe. It could have been a sharpened toothbrush. Prisoners, um, right in. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Any ex-cons, what, what do they make shivs out of? Yeah. What's the best shivin tool these days? What's the best shivin I saw one once. I can't remember what it was on. I can't remember what it was on. I think it was like, it must have been a TV show. But they were, they made a shiv out of Jolly Ranchers. You know, like the hard candies. They like oh, yeah, 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 yeah. sucked them to a point. They suck them to a point, don't laugh. Um, <laughs> made them sharp and like molded them together and made a shit out of them. <clears throat> that is crazy. That that I didn't even think like that was possible. Like that's crazy. I don't know how imagine, accurate that really is. Like I say, I'm pretty sure it was just a prison program, but still. Imagine being the one who got shivved, and it's just like, what did they make it out of? Oh, is that a Jolly Ranchers? I just got shivved by some Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> Stabs in the throat, and they're like, "Oh, is that watermelon? Nice." <laughs> oh dear, that is a, it's a, it's a good question. Anyway, like, what, what do they make shivs out of these? Days? Yeah, like how I'm I curious. wouldn't even know how to go about making a shiv. I wouldn't know where to look for the materials. I wouldn't know. No. In fact, the easy part of this is actually doing the stabbing. Having the tools that, to do the stabbing yeah. is the hard part. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't even know where to start to make a shiv. I almost burnt. A fucking oven pizza the other day, so I don't think I'll be making shivs anytime soon. Presumably, he would also have burned an oven pizza because his mum hasn't showed him how to make one. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. It's not like I'm a thirty, soon to be thirty-two year old man who does know how to work an oven, but still yeah. almost burnt a pizza. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's something we should learn. Like, at what age should you know how to make a shiv? I'm literally thirty-three next week. Next Wednesday, I'm thirty-three, and I don't know how to make a shiv. Should I have learned that by this point? Is this like a life skill that I need? <laughs> Petition to put it on the primary school curriculum in year in year three. Yeah. You should be taught how to make a shiv. Not in like a horrible way. Not in not in a you want to stab people way. Just in like a what if I need an emergency shiv kind of way. God damn it, schools! You teach us algebra and you teach us English literature, but you don't teach us how to pay taxes or make shivs. What the hell? Yeah, if someone comes at me in the street, not not like that. <laughs> but if someone approaches me in the street and I need to stab him, what am I going to do? Shout like the Pythagorean theorem at him. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> but I'm not going to do it because <laughs> give me, that's pointless. Give me all your money. Actually, no. What is the square root of pi? Huh? Huh? Do you know that? Do you? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> e equals mc squared, bitch. <laughs> and then run away. Uh, this has taken such a tangent. We, we've gone off on a shiv, a shiv <laughs> tangent that I never meant to happen. But anyway, nonetheless, he made a shiv, killed three men. Three out of four is, you know, pretty high score. Seventy-five percent yeah. of the people that raped him, he has killed, which is, you know, not good. I won't say good, but he should be proud of himself. Like if his aim was revenge, then yeah, mostly he... success. Yeah, absolutely. Um, upon discovering the murders, the state deemed the attacks to be in self-defense. Not sure how, considering that they, it had already happened and this was two weeks later. But anyway, and he was given just two years of extra time. Two years for killing three men. What? He stabbed three people. <laughs> he only got an extra Stabbed three years. people, but he only got two years. It's not, it's not even a year per person. Wow. But that's fine. Wow. It is what it is. That, that's how it went down. Little did the authorities know that those two years meant that a man that turned out to be an absolute monster was going to get released. 
a hell of a lot earlier. Mm. When he was released from prison, he went on a murderous rampage throughout three countries, um, killing girls between the ages of eight and 12. He began in Peru, where he would later estimate that he killed at least 100 indigenous girls. The girls made for very easy victims. The local police didn't care about them. They were generally considered to be substandard humans and and not worth bothering about. So the police didn't look for them, um, which meant that, yeah, it was at least 100 girls by his estimation, but it could easily have been a lot more. There's probably a very good chance it was much more, but he's only going to... He's only going to say a figure that he feels he wants to say, isn't he? Yeah. But he did get away with it for a very long time, as I say, because the um, the police and the authorities didn't really, maybe not care. They didn't, they probably did care, but they couldn't trace these girls and no one was really looking for them. He got away with it for a very long time until on one occasion, he very nearly made quite a big mistake. Okay. Um, he was in the process of leading a nine-year-old girl from her village um, when the villagers spotted him, ran him down and rescued the girl. I'd love to say that that's where they left it. They they got the girl back and, and they let him go on his way. But that didn't happen. Um, what they actually did was stripped him, uh, tortured him for hours, including things like ripping his fingernails off and, and stuff like that. Um, and they buried him up to the neck in sand um, while they figured out what to do with him. They then decided that they were going to bury him alive and would have done so if it hadn't been for an American missionary who happened upon the the scene um, and intervened and begged them to spare his life. So yeah, came very, very close to to death. I'm not sure. I'm very torn on that because yes, what he was doing slash had done is obviously very wrong. But at the same time, two wrongs don't make a right so i don't know i don't know how i yeah i'm very mm-hmm. torn about that he's a piece of shit for doing what he was doing but at the same time does that constitute them doing what they did to him i don't know but yeah i'm a bit i'm a bit split on how to feel about that yeah and i i had a similar thought process so essentially what happened was that this american missionary intervened um she said that if they released him to her and her party that she would take him to the Peruvian authorities um, to be arrested and, you know, justice, actual justice would be done. They weren't massively happy about it, but they did agree. Um, And she kept her word. She, you know, took him to the authorities and handed him in. But that turned out to be a very, very big mistake because rather than imprisoning him or punishing him, what they actually did was deport him and being deported essentially meant that he was just in the country but free which obviously yeah. wasn't good so when yeah. i was outlining this it wasn't so much oh my goodness he nearly died they should have killed him for me it was i wonder how a missionary felt and afterwards she yeah. realized what he went on to do as a result of her saving his life yeah and that would play in your conscience as well wouldn't it you would feel at least partly responsible for what happened afterwards even though it wasn't your intention. I definitely think that she was doing the right thing. You have to assess oh, the situation oh yeah. as yeah, it yeah, yeah. is in front of you at the time. So that's what she did. She did take him to the authorities. And again, rather than doing anything about it, um, you know, imprisoning him, whatever it was, they went, okay, you know, what you did was wrong, but off you go back yeah. to Colombia 
um, we don't want you in the country. Yeah. And deported him. Um, and that, yeah, could potentially have been a very, very big mistake on a lot of people's parts. Yeah. I, what I get from that is if we deport you, you're not our problem. That's something you're now someone else's yeah. problem. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And we, we've seen some, <laughs> to put it kindly, lazy police work um, on this show, but that is supreme. Mm. That's supremely lazy. And you don't just, you don't just, you know, you, you don't just go, oh, we'll deport you. Because it's like, well, no, because now you're just palming him off on somebody else. And he's going to, you know, now he's going to go to a different country. He's going to do exactly the same thing. You know, maybe actually do some police work and, you know, do something. Don't just palm them off on some other other country and some other police force. Yeah, exactly that. And he did indeed go on to go back to his home country of Colombia and do some horrific stuff. But before we get into that, I think it might be a good time for a break. What do you reckon, Dom? I think so. I think so. I think I can mentally prepare myself for the the other horrendous stuff that I'm sure Pedro Lopez will end up doing. Not Mario Lopez. He's a lovely person. Pedro Lopez. Not Mario Lopez. Never Mario Lopez. Never Mario um, and Lopez. And I promise I won't start the second half immediately with, and then he fucked his sister again. That's not going to happen. <laughs> There's no more sister fucking in this episode. Thank God. Uh... <laughs> Let's take a break and we'll see you back here in a few. In the 1970s, four women were found dead in their apartments in London, Ontario. At first, pathologists determined they died of natural causes. But when three more women turned up dead, the community discovered something far more sinister at play. Listen to Dark Adaptation Podcast to hear how a deranged killer scaled buildings to enter their victims' bedrooms. From the darkest corners of the most haunted places in the world to the lesser-known cases in true crime, we take you on a journey through the twisted and bizarre. And for larger cases, our resident astrologist delves into the charts and skies of major events and people for a true crime podcast with a cosmic twist. Tune in every Monday to Dark Adaptation wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We'll catch you on the dark side. Hi lovely listeners, my name is Lisa Marie Imray and I am the host of Coffee and Crime, a true crime podcast, where each week I sit down with a cup of coffee and talk about any kind of true crime story. So if you are interested in true crime, which I bet you are since you're here listening to this amazing podcast, or you like drinking coffee, then feel free to give Coffee and Crime a listen to. It is available on all major podcast platforms. You can also find Coffee and Crime on Facebook or Instagram, where the DMs are always ready for you to slide in with your thoughts and feelings, recommendations, or anything true crime related. So until then, be safe, be good, be better, and all that cheesy crap. And I will catch you guys over at Coffee and Crime. Welcome back. Um... Thank you for sticking around for the second part, considering that I did a very, very heavy incest reference about 30 seconds in to start in this story. Thanks for coming back for the next bit. Um, welcome back. Dom, how are you feeling? Feeling good? You ready to I'm... keep going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, good. That go. sounds reassuring. <laughs> uh, but I like genuinely 
for everyone who's come back to the second part thank you because i know that we <laughs> we sort of assaulted you second sentence into this episode with with a bit of incest uh, so <laughs> you you're probably caught off yeah. guard as much as i was it's fine it's fine you're here because we have some sexy accents and you love some true crime so it's all good yeah thanks for coming back so i can traumatize you some more <laughs> anyway um <laughs> so he's been deported he's back home in Colombia, home of the prostitute mother and his 13 bastard brothers and sisters one of whom he you know <laughs> really um, anyway really loved he's back <laughs> he really really liked just liked yeah, us so yeah. much once he was deported, he split his time between his home country of Colombia and Ecuador. But he didn't wasn't deterred um, by his incident in Peru. Um, he continued to commit crimes and he continued to abduct young girls. He selected victims very, very carefully, always ensuring that they wouldn't be missed. Um, and although authorities in all three countries were well aware that young girls were going missing, no one could really gauge how bad the problem was. Um, because a lot of the kids weren't reported as missing, you know, no one really was looking for them. The disappearances were generally being blamed on sex slave traders who they thought were kicking yeah. the girls and, and taking them away. And, you know, yeah. there was always something else that people were blaming. They never thought that, you know, it could possibly be a serial killer, particularly because there were no bodies. So, you know, they assumed that the, kid, the girls were being kidnapped. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's a fair assumption. If, if you're not finding bodies, it's, you know. Well, no, that is true. You know, no bodies, no crime in a way, because you sort of need the bodies to prove that a crime took place. So if there's no bodies, then you can't really, you can't really prove much, can you? No, exactly that. And to be honest, he could have gone on doing that indefinitely, because if you're looking for, you know, sex safe traders that are kidnapping girls, or you're looking for, you know, random kidnappers or anything like that and there's no bodies then who knows how long that you can get away yeah. with murder yeah um in the end it was actually the weather that exposed lopez um it was just a freak storm that meant that he was caught um okay. in april 1980 a huge 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 flash flood um engulfed the town of ambato in ecuador um the river swelled and as it died down again it had washed up some horrible horrible secret the most horrific of those being the bodies of four young girls and at that point the authorities had no choice but to admit that it wasn't kidnappings that was yeah. robbing their town of the young girls but actually it was a serial killer yeah a few days after the flood a woman named karina pavida which is such a fun name to say karina like pavida that rolls off the tongue really well <laughs> it's beautiful i love it I mean, that is completely disconnected from what I'm about to say, but <laughs> Karina Pavida saw something horrifying while she was out shopping. A man was leading her 12-year-old daughter out of the market. But unlike so many other people who, and, you know, women in the village in Peru, she decided that she wasn't going to let that happen. She mm -hmm. chased after the man, screaming for help as she did so. Um, and people in the market apprehended him and held him down. They actually sat on him um, while they waited for yes. the police. When the police arrived, they arrested him and took him away. But there was absolutely no way that they could have known what was about and what they were about to find out. Yeah. Um, bear in mind that, yes, there are four bodies that are have been washed up. 
but nothing to connect anyone to them at this point. They had no evidence. They'd been in there a while. There was no forensic evidence. And to be honest, we're not talking about a country that has got the resources to be able to use that kind of technology anyway. So there was nothing to connect them at this point other than, you know, okay, there's a good chance that we're looking for a killer. It was yeah. only that Karina Pavida saw this man taking her daughter from the market that he was ever taken into police custody. Yeah. Hats hats off to Karina. What a fucking legend. Just like, nah, I'm 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 just gonna fucking chase you. I'm gonna scream and shout while I'm doing it. Uh hats off to the people who sat on him. Like it that isn't that how that's how Ramirez was caught, right? Wasn't he right didn't he like run through the neighborhood and then some people just courted him? And then held him down and battered him until police arrived. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know if he was sat on. That's quite specific. But yeah, I, mean, I think maybe. it was a similar situation. But it was, yeah, it's similar to... It makes sense. Ramirez is cool. But yeah. I mean, if you want to stop someone getting to... away, just, you know, park your ass. That's true. Find someone with a with a big old booty and then just squat. And then he ain't going anywhere. But uh, hats off to hats off to Korea. I think mine might have gone elsewhere, Dom, but that's fine. I'll, I'll give you a moment while I continue the story. No, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know this, what you mean. I mean, it's no secret that I've got a love of the booty, but uh, that wasn't relevant to <laughs> to that point. <laughs> yeah, this is not the fun kind of being sat on. It's the, oh shit, I'm going to get taken into police custody kind of sat on. I mean, it was a, it was a good idea, I would say. Oh, I mean, it worked. Absolutely. So... So when he was first taken into custody, Lopez was silent. He was not saying a word. He did not want to speak to police. He refused to cooperate. So the police, sensing that they'd have little luck with conventional methods, decided to employ a slightly different tactic. Um, they asked a local okay. priest to dress up like a convict and to enter the cell with Lopez. They pretended that he'd been arrested and put him in the cell um, overnight with Lopez. The priest was obviously more than used to talking to people. He would take confession. He would, you know, he was a priest. So he was used to speaking to people. And slowly he began to get a confession out of Lopez. He sort of got him to admit what some of the things that he'd been doing. And when the police, who were obviously listening, felt that they'd heard enough, they intervened and convinced him to give up all of the other information that okay. he had. They basically said, we're, we're going to arrest you either way, so yeah. you might as well tell us everything. Yeah. Which, surprisingly, he did. He he told them everything. I don't think the police could ever have expected quite how bad it was going to be. Yeah. Um. He confessed that he'd murdered more than 100 girls in Colombia, 100 in Peru, and more than 110 in Ecuador. Fucking he told them that the only reason that he killed more in Ecuador was because, and I quote, um, I like the girls in Ecuador. They are more gentle and trusting. They are not as suspicious of strangers as the girls in Colombia. So that was the only reason Jesus that he killed Christ. more in Ecuador was because it was easier. What a guy. What a guy, Pedro Lopez. Yeah. What a guy. Right. What a fun guy. Um, obviously, the police weren't going to just take his word for it. They weren't going to be like, oh, okay, you've killed a load of people and, and we're going to put you away for it. They wanted some proof. So shortly after his confession, um, Pedro essentially, the way I've worded this is terrible. I've just put Pedro gave them a tour of Ambato. Obviously, he didn't give them a tour like a tourist. <laughs> like he didn't, you know, point out the sites. 
It was a horrific tour where he essentially showed them the various places that he had disposed of bodies. So not, you know, it's not like an open top bus or anything. It was a pretty horrific burial site tour. Well, what you don't know is Pedro Lopez operated an open top bus tour company. At the same time, yeah. Let's kill two birds with one stone, if you'll pardon the pun. (laughs) And, you know, we'll we'll do both. If you look to your left, that's where I hid my first body. (laughs) Everyone's like, you don't want to go on the Hollywood star tour with the open top bus and see Mel Gibson's house. No, you want to go to to (laughs) Ecuador and Colombia and go and have a little jaunt on Pedro Lopez's open open top bus tour. Yeah, fun. Um, so he took him on this tour. He pointed out the various places that he'd disposed of bodies, that he'd buried bodies, that he'd thrown them in rivers, you know, however he decided to get rid of them at the time. Um, and that tour led to the discovery of the remains of 53 young girls. Um, so not quite the 110 that he'd said, but the general way that he disposed of them wasn't particularly thorough. He wasn't putting them in, you know, six feet under as they should be. Yeah. He was putting them in very shallow, shallow graves and he did show them other sites where he'd left bodies that had clearly been tampered with by animals and things yeah. like that. So the police arrested him for all 110 of the murders, assuming that he had done them all because yeah. you know, he pointed at that many sites. What was it? Three it was, in total was what? 300 and something? Three. So, yeah, I mean, it, again, the problem is they're all estimates because even he's not 100% sure. But mm. what he's saying is that it's more than 100 girls in Colombia. 100 in Peru, and then 110 in Ecuador. So if we add them all up, it's 310 at least. Yeah, that's like a, a very baseline figure. That's a high body count. God damn, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And again, you know, it might be seem, it might seem somewhat excessive to jump from the 52 bodies that they had to the 110 bodies that they convicted him of. But he did give them a lot of reason to believe that that was true. Yeah. Um. Once he started talking, there was no stopping him. He explained everything. Yeah. Um. He explained to his to his police to his police. He explained to, to his, the police his personal um, police how his little police. <laughs> this is my policeman. You go get your own. <laughs> um. <laughs> he explained how he chose his victims. Um. He would often surveil a marketplace or a public square. Um, the day before and choose a young girl and then wait until they came to take them so that he sort of knew their pattern, knew where they would walk, when they would be left alone if they were coming with a parent. Once he had them alone, he would rape them and then strangle them to death. Um, He told the police officers that he enjoyed seeing the light going out of their eyes and that's why he always killed girls in daylight so that he was able to see that moment. He didn't want to miss it by doing it like um he explained that it gave him sexual pleasure to see them die as he was raping them so yeah, yeah it was I, I i was gonna say that's not very shocking i was expecting some sort of sexual gravitate graph graphic i can't say the word sexual sexual pleasure let's go with that one because i can say that and he doesn't yeah. sound like the person that would make up stuff either he sounds like the type of person that would be like i'm going to tell you exactly what happened and it's 100 percent the truth i'm not going to inflate anything i'm not going to make up stories like it seems like he is yeah. definitely the i'm going to tell you exactly what happened so yeah i can see there would be no reason to sort of doubt anything yeah absolutely 
and you know the police were obviously still pretty stumped they still couldn't really understand his his motive other than sexual gratification um which i think explains a certain amount but not 310 and when again yeah. they, they pressed him as to why he's quoted as saying i lost my innocence at eight so i decided to do the same to as many young girls as i could i have heard that quote before i think simon whistler said it in the in the episode he did so yeah i have heard that one before which is absolutely horrendous it is and it seems so i can't think of the right word for it but like just like he's brushing it off yeah like well it happened to me so it's fine yeah that's That's why i did it to them at least i've got an excuse yeah you know that's his sort of justification for it isn't it that's his i'm i'm allowed to do this because it was done to me and obviously that's that's not how yeah. it works, you know. Obviously, it's not the same, but, you know, if someone robs a bank, doesn't mean that I can then rob a bank, you know. Just because something happens to you, you then doesn't mean that you have the right to do it to other people. No, particularly not on that scale as well. No, I think this is one of those not. situations where what he's done would be horrific if it was to one person. Yeah. But to do it to yeah. as many people as he has just makes it so much more scary and so much more yeah. horrific. Which makes the next part even more concerning. Oh, God. The confession okay. and the information on the murders um, was shared with the authorities in Peru and Colombia because obviously he had to murders in also three of those countries. And enough evidence was presented to those countries for them to take it very seriously, for them to believe that he, that's what had happened. But first things first, he was going to be tried in Ecuador for the crimes that he committed. Honestly, I, I still read this. This is like maybe the sixth or seventh time that I've read this sentence and it still baffles me. Despite everything that he'd done and despite being found guilty, he was sentenced to only 16 years because that was the maximum that could be put on one person in Ecuador at the time. 16? 16, one six. What? So even if you take into account that, okay, he's only being tried in Ecuador and therefore for the crimes committed in Ecuador, then he still killed 110 8 to 12 yeah. year old girls. He was sentenced to 16 and years. Given 16 years. That's insane. Especially when, like, I don't know if you can compare the two, but, like, you know, there are people in jail in America that have been there for 20 plus years on having a little bit of weed, but yet he can go and kill 110 people and get 16 years. Exactly. It's terrifying. That's insane. It's honestly terrifying. I mean, the idea was that he would serve his time in Ecuador. He would then be shipped off to Peru and then Colombia to serve his time in those countries as well. What actually happened was a little different. Um, He served his time in Ecuador and was released from prison in 1998. The last three years of that sentence, he did spend in a a mental facility. Um, But at the end of it, he was declared legally sane. And because the bail set on him was only $50, he was what? able to pay that and essentially be let go. He should have reported to authorities to be, you know, extradited to Peru and then Colombia to be to be tried. Um, but actually what happened was that he absconded. He, he did a runner. And of course. Was at large. Um, and as of 2002, his whereabouts are still unknown. Uh, no one knows where he is. He's currently still wanted by police in Colombia and in Peru as he was never tried for his crimes in those countries, and he is on Interpol's most wanted list. 
but yeah, he's he's out in the world somewhere. If he's still alive, he'll be seventy four years old. How do you set a bail? Yeah, of fifty fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Well, in in fairness, I mean, we're talking about Ecuador, and we're talking about nineteen ninety eight. So actually, yeah. it is more money than we think it is, but it's still very low. Yeah, that's madness. I don't even like that he went to a mental facility instead of an actual prison or jail. But then I mean, that was only for the last three bail? years. So he spent he spent the majority of the time in actual prison, um, and then three years mm. in a mental facility. But either way, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. The point is, it wasn't long enough, and he immediately no. absconded as soon as he was released. <laughs> so, I mean, what did yeah. they think was going to happen? Yeah, exactly. It wasn't long enough. The bail was far too low. But like you say, like what? Surely they couldn't have been surprised. Like when he did do a runner where they're like oh my god i didn't see that one coming surprise pikachu face like what did you think was gonna happen <laughs> yeah but yeah that was the story of pedro lopez and if you're listening pedro lopez number one what the hell are you doing listening to this like number one it's not your language and number two you're on the run like stop wasting your time listening to podcast <laughs> but also turn yourself in you fucking prick like yeah actually yeah just <laughs> please you know. please do listen please do listen actually like do yeah. anything you can just, just to go. make yourself known. <laughs> yeah. I mean you're 74 oh, now. Just go and spend the rest of your life in prison because you deserve it. Yeah. If there was ever a man that should not be out in the world, Pedro Lopez is one. That was that was an ex- that was an experience. Pedro Lopez is is a pretty shitty man. Um not that we cover people that aren't Indeed. shitty on this show, but yeah. That was insane. And the police, what the fuck? Like, there are so many things that Come you on, did guys. that were so just pro- <laughs> like, do your job. You can't even blame that oh, on an off day. That's just no, dumb. You can't. You can't. It, it kind of reminded me of uh, oh, who did I do like my second episode about? Um, it was like the luchador turned killer. Oh, I'm going to have to have a look now because now I can't actually remember. I can't remember that far back. There we go. Juana Barraza. I think I pronounced that right. It kind of reminded me of that in a a way because she got away with it for so long because the police were like, yeah, it's not a woman serial killer because women can't be serial killers. We're just going to focus on if it's a man. And for years, that was how they did it. And it was just like, no, (laughs) what what policing is this? It kind of reminded me of that a little. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's always just laziness or if it's just like a genuine belief that just happens to be wrong. But either way, it's not great. Not great. No, I don't know. Like, it just seems like with these kind of people, like even the smallest mistake will then lead to something bigger happening down the line. And it's a domino effect. A yeah. small mistake will turn into something bigger, which would then turn into something even bigger. And then before you know it, you know. 110 people have been killed and you're just like oh well fuck whoopsie bad day at the office man <laughs> yeah. but yeah police work but yeah is, that is uh, that is pedro lopez. pedro lopez i'm hoping that you didn't remember too much of that and that you have indeed learned a little bit more oh absolutely but yeah that that's the that's the end like i said i i don't really remember much of the case from when i watched simon whistler do it before like I obviously I recognised 
when he did the teaser Tuesday, I was like, I recognize him. I couldn't remember what his name was, but I was like, his face looks very familiar. But I, I, I remembered either very little or, or nothing about the actual case itself. And obviously I made sure not to read up on, on anything about it beforehand. So it was definitely a learning experience. And I learned that Mario Lopez is far more preferable than Pedro Lopez. We stand Mario Lopez. He really is. Absolutely. <laughs> let's, let's get him on. Let's get him on as a guest. Let's make that happen. I don't think this is the sort of podcast he'd actually do. Like he's far too what? pure. There's just no way. way too, he is way too innocent to be on a true crime podcast. Bless it. Can you imagine? I feel like we if we to... said to him, we talk about serial killers, he'd be like, no, those don't exist. Those aren't yeah. real. <laughs> yeah. we'll, or, or, we'll just, or we'll just like, oh, we don't cover cases that are too bad. Like they're, they're not too bad. And then we just give him the absolute worst case imaginable. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine? Just... If, if he ever does come on, like in this made up scenario that will definitely never happen. But if it ever <laughs> does happen, um, can we make sure that you're running that episode and it's not me? Because I just have a knack of surprising people with horrific stuff. So, Okay, deal. If Mario Lopez comes on... I think that's on, probably safest. I will take the reins. If, in a, another made-up scenario, if Bailey Sarian ever comes on, you're going to have to do that case. Not because I'm going to come up with something horrendous. I'm sorry, I don't know who that is. She's like my celebrity. Should I Google friend. it? I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying Mario Lopez is mine. Wait, I'm not saying he's my. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to kick him out of bed. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. who, who is it? Bailey like who? My, Bailey Sarian. She's like my celebrity slash Sorry, how do you spell it? Oh, I've got it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sorry, that was an inappropriate response. I mean, it's very appropriate, I think. But if, yeah, okay. If, no, get it. I mean, let's, let's right. get her on. Absolutely. Right. It's not proper. I'll try and take the reins. I can't promise. Like you're going to ask that, so you're going to ask that, so you're going to have to take the reins because, like, I would just turn into like this non-functioning person who's just sitting there dribbling for an hour and won't be able to string a sentence together. But maybe that would be the same for you That's as well. Fine. So I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> she's going to have to take the reins. She's just going to have to. She's just going to tell us how to do things. Sorry, <laughs> While we just turn into a puddle of drool. That's how that will work. Anyway, made-up scenario. That was Pedro Lopez. <laughs> See us out, Dom. Say goodbye to the people. Yes, absolutely. Um, thank you, listeners, uh, for tuning in this week. We hope that you enjoyed. I never know if that's the right word to say. We hope that you found it interesting <laughs> in a really macabre, morbid way. If you do want to support us in a way that's not financial, please follow the podcast on Instagram at horrorhouse.com pod and you can also follow the show on whatever podcast platform it is that you you listen on don't forget to rate and review there are many ways you can do that you can rate on spotify and you can even say what you thought of the episode in the little q a bit right at the bottom of the show notes you can rate and review on apple Podcasts. you can rate and review on the website um so please do that it takes two seconds and it helps us out massively with algorithms and such but we also like to read nice things about ourselves. Uh, who doesn't like to read nice things about themselves? And also, if you do want to support us financially, there is the Buy Me A Coffee link and there is also the merch store. So if you do feel so inclined to throw us a little bit of money to, to let us keep doing what we're doing, we would greatly appreciate it. And all that's left to say from me is until next time, stay spooky. Stay spooky, y'all. 
Yeah. Well, that was that was that was uh, that was wild, wild, yeah, hell of a body count as well. Jesus Christ, where do you even have the time to kill that many people? Yeah, right, Christ, are we still recording? Oh shit, yeah, we are. Well. <laughs>